Hey everybody, it's Stuart Thompson. I wanted to direct you to some things that I would like you to listen to in addition to this great podcast. I have a fantastic album out called Dandy Man that I made with Radland Records. It is my first comedy album and I'd love for you to listen to it. It's available wherever you download your comedy. Pandora, Apple, Spotify, Tidal, you name it, it's there. I'd also like you to listen to Luke on Bill Burr Presents The Ringers. It's available at those same places wherever you stream and download your comedy. Pandora, Amazon, Apple, you name it, you can find him there. He's got a great set on that collection of comedy. So listen to my album Dandy Man with Radland Records and Luke on Bill Burr Presents The Ringers. Thanks for listening to those things and thank you for listening to this episode. Welcome, everyone, to the Late Night Podcast with Stuart and Luke. I'm Stuart Thompson. I'm not. That's Luke Schwartz. And uh, we have a great episode coming to you today with uh, a very funny comedian, Lisa Chenu. Uh, She's a staple of the L.A. comedy scene. She co-hosts a great podcast Mm -hmm. called What's Your Sign? Uh, You'll uh, you'll get to Chenu her in this episode. You will. (laughs) Um, And... uh, but before we get into the episode, we wanted to just um, uh, talk about a sort of a, I don't know, th- this feels like, um, this feels like family. Uh, yeah, a dear a friend dear, of ours. A dear friend, the house pianist at the comedy store for 25 plus years, Jeff Scott, passed away the other day, and it's not good. Yeah, this one really hit me hard. It was... I was uh, I was really feeling it uh, yesterday, and it was. This is someone who, for those who are not familiar with Los Angeles comedy or just comedy in general, um, you just got was someone that we saw every day. Mm-hmm. We were working at the comedy store. He was there five days a week, and he he played piano for every, almost every paid regular show in, in the, the original, original room. Yeah. He was the Where, original room pianist, and he played the pre-show warm-up, and then he played uh, in between all the acts. Yeah, and there the acts go all night, so you know you would we would be seeing Jeff, and you know he would leave when dawn got on. Yeah, he would leave towards the end of the night, but we we watched him, and he would play you know play this you know beautiful piano medleys and mm-hmm. he was really good at like throwing in a quick keystroke yeah. when something weird happened in the room or and he would he would also what i loved was that he made he the would, show better yeah he totally made the show better he kind of gave the comedy store what it the he contributed a lot to the the vibe that it put out into the world you know, it has this kind of old-timey feel, partially because of the musical selections and taste that Jeff had. Mm-hmm. He played ragtime for the pre-show. Yes. And, and he would play- his hands would move super fast. It would be really cool to watch. And a lot of the time, people didn't know it was like a live pianist because he was in his little corner. But he was, I mean, he made, he he was indelible. Yeah, and he really contributed and 
perpetuated the sort of the ghost story element of the comedy story. Oh yeah, that he was obsessed with those ghosts. Yeah, really obsessed with the the mythology of that aspect of the club. And you know, as someone who doesn't really spend a lot of time speculating about that kind of stuff, you know, now that he's gone, I kind of hope that. Um, I don't hope that Jeff has a lot of unfinished business. You hope he in this haunts world. it, though. I do. Ho- I do hope that occasionally, like a piano, will play itself in the main room. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe if he decides mm-hmm. to visit, if that's something that his spirit is capable of doing, you know, that'd be a kind of interesting full circle moment. Yeah, definitely. He he led. Around Halloween, he would lead a ghost tour around the yes. comedy store, and everyone would try and spot a specter. Yeah, he would tell us, you know, stories that uh, we could, you know, t- you know, pass on to the patrons, and yeah, you know, real. And he was a fantastic costume designer. His Halloween costumes were every year crazy. Yeah, he would do but- every year. He would do something huge and unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> He never yeah. he never went like like sexy nurse route. It was always like <laughs> gore horror. Yeah, it was never a black cat. It was like a full T-Rex skeleton that he yeah. worked from the inside. Yeah, the T-Rex <laughs> skeleton was cool. That was like milk jugs and Yeah. Yeah, it was great. So and he he was he was always there for a hug mm-hmm. and you know, and a hello and he you know Sometimes even when he was, he was he was grumpy a lot. <laughs> yeah, but even when he was grumpy, like he did it in style. Like if yeah. he was going to be grumpy, he was going to be full grump. Like he he didn't half ass. No, he did not half ass anything. He he was a real he was there were days it was hard to be around him and there were days that he was the best and like but I mean he was the friend through and through and it was just just so sad to lose yeah. him. Yeah. And he was yeah, a, I'm going to miss him a lot. Not only ghost stories, but he, he knew everything about Ciro's, the nightclub that was the building before the comedy store was the comedy store. Yeah. And he, yeah, knew, he knew he knew all the people there. He has, like, memorabilia. He had wallpaper from it. He had newspaper clippings from that. And then he had everything memorabilia from the comedy store. He had so much stuff. Just yeah. collection. the collection must be huge. Yeah, and he, he was just kind of a enthusiast about show business in general. He's a, he mm-hmm. used to be like a Pee Wee Herman impersonator before he was the right. piano player at the comedy store and um, just a, kind of a showman through and through. And uh, he wrote gonna musicals. Miss him a lot. He wrote like uh, like off-Broadway stuff that he, he did like little plays with his friends back in the day. And mm-hmm. yeah, he was uh, he was a real character, a real Hollywood character. Yeah, and... I think in one of Chappelle's specials, he talked about, you know, people who were like, uh, or no, when he accepted the Mark Twain Award, he talked about, uh, you know, being a griot, you know, like a storyteller who passes on stories. And I feel like Jeff Scott in a lot of ways was a bit of a griot. And mm. he, um, you know, when a griot dies, it, it's the equivalent to like burning down a library. Yeah. And I, I get a very similar feeling. Very much so. With Jeff's passing. Yeah. And um, he was just a, he was one of those friendly faces Mm -hmm. in a really dark and 
intimidating place. Mm-hmm. And he was always high and drunk. He was, he was fun to be around. <laughs> <laughs> and his, his laugh was infectious. He yeah. had that sort of like <laughs> kind of laugh. It was a goofy laugh, yeah. Yeah. And, I, uh, I, yeah, if you were bombing, he was the only one laughing because he... He like he he liked to see you fail because he knew you were funny. Yeah. Um. So it was and like he, funny when you did badly, and then he would like yeah. laugh at them not laughing. And it was yeah, it helped. It was. Yeah. It was the the thing that I I want to touch on this is the last thing I want to touch on, but uh, is the uh, he the customized intro music that he would have for people, mm-hmm. like when Eleanor Kerrigan would come on. Uh, friend of the show, uh, he would always play "Burn, Baby, Burn" disco inferno. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just uh, some... when, yeah. When Joey Diaz came on, it was like that. I forget what song it was, but it was like it was he, like bongo music from like it was Miami like, Beach. <laughs> he, he, it, but it had it was like a funk, some funk song. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so, yeah, some bongo heavy funk but, song and for sure. With, with uh, Steve Byrne, you remember what he did with him? He played like the intro that he kept playing over steve Byrne talking and steve yeah. Byrne would like go okay that's enough and jeff would keep yeah. playing and okay that's enough and they, he did that every, yeah he, he would keep an, keep and adding to the ending mm-hmm. and uh or, With, or he'd do he and if someone had a music cue that you wanted to do like he would play it like yeah. steve Byrne would also do like this like intro to a magic show kind of or yeah right <laughs> or, or it also looks like the intro to like a sea world i think show. that's what it was yeah like it was yeah that was really good he's just like really <laughs> putting and, it on uh yeah he always played like uh <laughs> like some middle eastern music for like maz jabrani who <laughs> who didn't always yeah. like it but he went up and would go and he would do his you know yeah dancing to it and yeah he would do it for aaron cater as well yeah uh <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and for some of them it would end up being like the first three or four minutes of their set yeah like that was just kind of like it was just part of the show and it it added something uh it added a certain flavor that you you don't get at other clubs you don't get that at the improv you don't get that at the laugh factory you don't get that at most clubs on the road you do mm. get it you do get a a, a, a a flavor like that at the La Jolla Comedy Store because of Lou, the piano yeah, player there. Right. But his is his own thing. It's like mm-hmm. his is more of a smooth jazz kind of thing. Yeah. And there will there will be other piano players at the comedy store. There are other piano players. Yeah, there. I think we'll always have a, a live piano player, but nothing will ever. No one's coming close. Yeah, there's only one Jeff Scott. And um, so um, his name's on the wall for a reason. He was a institution uh, yeah yeah he was a, he was a wealth of, of knowledge and information and uh and love so mm-hmm. uh you know som- somber intro aside uh yeah you know, rest in peace he's, he's, jeff hope it's okay yeah. up there or out there or whatever yeah you know thank you for thank yeah, you for thank the time you. you spent with us so with that yeah um get ready to get laugh into yeah, <laughs> this is a fun episode. This is a you know fun interview with with Lisa Chanu. She's super funny. Um, follow us. I on have like social four or medias. five really great jokes in here. Yeah, Luke. Luke was. Uh, I was, Luke was on, on on. Yes, and um, uh, you can follow us at the Late Night Show, the Late Night Show on Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm. for updates. You can also follow me at Stuart B Thompson 
on all the socials. Um, Luke's out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, enjoy this episode, everybody, with Lisa Chenu. everyone uh we're very excited to talk to someone who i haven't seen in a long time and he was a staple in my uh my weekly comedy enjoyment it's lisa chenu hi thank you for having me i miss you gosh remember the before times i barely do yeah it's uh it's it's fading in memory um but i do remember uh seeing you not just at open mics but uh in our our building where luke and i would live uh because uh you would record we would live yes (laughs) Uh, yeah. <laughs> I actually yeah. had an emergency. I had a delivery going to your old building. I almost texted, but I knew you guys had moved. I I had a delivery going and the person was not home. And oh, I was no. it was flowers and I was like they're going to wilt and um I almost texted you guys to be like what should I do and then I'm like whatever they'll get wilted flowers. Thank you they'll for know. not texting me. <laughs> <laughs> I I would have told you. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I figured like why would they know? Sucks to I be would have you. commiserated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, that was uh yeah, it's been, it's been almost a year since uh since we lived together, Luke. Can you believe that? Yes. All right. Well, uh, now that we've t- uh, had that sentiment, honestly, moment, I liked uh, living with you, but it feels great. How now. far away are you guys now? Are you still on the east side? I'm in I'm in Burbank now, Ooh, so technically... I'm in a suburb. I kind of in the suburbs. Oh my gosh! Really? Actually. How nice! Yeah. I want to move away. Like from deep, there. deep valley. Really? That's where I want to go. Yeah. Okay, we'll have to Oakland. talk after. Yeah, you're in Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Super deep valley. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. over the hills. Yeah, <laughs> over, the, over the hill and 360 miles away. <laughs> yeah. Um, you want to you want to move to the suburbs, Lisa? Well, I want to move out of L.A., but if not, then I want to move either like Pasadena or maybe even like Reseda. Why not Austin? Everyone's going to Austin. I'm from Texas originally, so oh, I, you you're are. probably not going to get me to move back. Even you, mm. Joe Rogan. <laughs> Well, they call me Schmo Rogan. No, do they? So, yeah. Shlomo Rogan. Yeah, too many syllables, which is why I went with Schmo. But it's like a, a Shlomo is a better name for Lisa. What do you think? Are you guys gonna move to Austin? Nah, I've been there. It's it was lovely to visit. And there's and what well, that's what I love about stand up is I've gotten to visit a lot of great cities for the I right amount of time, visit. like three days, two days. It's perfect for most cities. Yeah, the last time I went there, I think I did five or six shows and like one of them paid, and I was like, mm. and I mean they were alternative; they weren't you know in, in the major mm-hmm. clubs or whatever. So I I'm sure the clubs pay, but I was just like, uh, I don't know about all of this. It's still expensive yeah, it to a, live there. It was a small scene, right? Yeah. It was like, it was good, but it, like, they did a little, like, it was a. It's still expensive to live there. It's not, I mean, it's not LA, but it's not like, you know, middle of the nowhere either. Yeah. I bet prices are going up too. I'm sure. Oh, totally. I mean, if, if you look around. Yeah. Well, there, this, this brings up an interesting uh, thought, you know, like you mentioned wanting to move you know, out of LA, like if you, you know, if there was, you know, if money was no option, you could be wherever you wanted to be, where would you go? 
A Ooh. Malibu, probably. I would just get one of those cliff houses and just kind of isolate there. If, yeah. if, if we could, you know, just, if I didn't have to work or if I didn't have to commute and all that. Right. Sounds great. Yeah, no, I mean, it's... I, Solid I do, answer. <laughs> I do idolize uh, living by the beach. That's still the, the gold standard for, like, high-class living. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't live in Malibu, like, you know, trying to struggle to make it to get to film stuff or to do a set or, mm-hmm. you know, it's like... Yeah. Fantasy world. Right. Right, totally. Would it, Stuart, would you want a warm beach or a cold beach, like any beach? I mean... Any beach is better than no beach for me, but mm-hmm. I grew up near cold beaches, you know, in, in Northern California. Whoa. So the, the idea of a cold beach is not, is kind of the more, is my vision of a beach. A hot beach kind of feels uncomfortable. Sun's blaring. Even if you got an umbrella and you got your sunscreen, it's just like, I'm just kind of baking uh, <laughs> out here. I, uh, I, I like the idea of fleece and a dog running off the leash. I really want to move to where my boyfriend grew up, which he, like, you know, he despises that. I'm like, I love this quaint town that he's like, this is horrible to live here. Um, but it's, like, on a river, and it's also cold, and it's, like, it's so romantic to me to be, like, yeah, which town? My, uh, Lambertville, New Jersey. He's oh, from wow. outside outside there, but, yeah, it's, like. New Jersey. It's uh, where Washington crossed the Delaware River. So it's, like, oh. very, you know, it's very all quaint. uh antiquing and like brick building old, old, and yeah. yeah old america interesting yeah, i i love seeing brick buildings when i travel because you can't have them in california so i'm like oh this is this is what be other people think of america <laughs> <laughs> if people move to you know texas and then they brag about it uh, sorry i thought of this joke four four minutes ago uh does that make them uh, they brag about moving to texas does that make them ostentatious was that even worth it, <laughs> that I, worth I, it? I think it was okay i, th- I think you got it ostentatious <laughs> furiously scribbling yeah um, the um yeah i what part of texas did you grow up in lisa i grew up in el paso which is very similar but different yeah it's definitely a different side of texas but it's also a blue county, so like, in some ways, very similar to Austin, where the people are a little bit more progressive and um... they're all sad, or they <laughs> swear a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's like a, a kind of hit music scene there now, and it's kind of cool now. When I was a kid, it was kind of lame though. What comes from El Paso? What are the famous? What's what? What's the rundown of things? You go El Paso, we know it for Bang Bang. The yeah. Marty Robbins song. Down in the West Texas, you know it. Come oh, on. Oh, got it, yeah. You got yeah. it. I've probably heard it. Doesn't yeah. spring to mind, and I believe you. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to really sing the whole thing. It's pretty, I'm pretty <laughs> That's, bad at it. Honestly, uh, <laughs> I wish you would. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, it's where I think Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, like a bunch of those guys got arrested coming through mm-hmm. with drugs, um, crossing, mm-hmm. you know, in their tour buses and stuff. So very famous Where's for that. Where's the Alamo? That's San Antonio. Okay. So yeah. El Paso is about halfway from where we are in LA to Austin. Yeah, it's, it's uh, like yeah, twelve. Texas it's is like a wide state. very big. Yeah, it's the furthest west in yeah. Texas. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I remember how striking it was to see how 
in you know enmeshed it is with uh juarez there's just like it's so it's oh, it's, yeah. it's it's like when oh, it's people on juarez that's right yeah. yeah it's like just you know the other side of the border and it's it, it's essentially like you know i don't know like like twins that haven't quite separated in the womb <laughs> yeah uh, they're sister cities we call it and like yeah this time last year i went back with scott and my mom and i went we all went over at the border and like got margaritas and tacos and like spent the day in mexico and like <laughs> to think of doing that now sounds so crazy like not only traveling but like crossing country borders and like yeah. not knowing of how like you know you have to wait in line and stuff to get back and like how would that work with social distancing and it just seems like yeah a different world yeah, to- yeah totally um that just being having access to um traveling over the border uh is like with that level of ease because people commute that way every day yeah so that's what our um a comic friend uh shout out to nico jemian who uh would he kind of showed uh, another comic and me around while i was visiting it was um yeah i i went to there was a uh a bar that I went to after one of the shows. It was called Ojos Locos. Oh, uh, have you heard of this place? Yeah. I didn't know it. It was like a Mexican Hooters. Oh, okay. Uh, Hell yeah. And I was, um, I was just kind of thrilled that something as like quintessentially American as Hooters had kind of, uh, been translated into another language and culture. <laughs> sure. Have you, were you by the airport? Uh, or were, were you at the club? Is I guess what I'm yeah. asking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was yeah. By, yeah, we were by the the comedy club. That's and, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so it was just it was just Hooters with like that very traditional stringed instrument, uh, you know, totally. Spanish speaking music, and you know people, you know, just you know sh- doing gritos and all that. It was it was really um, uh, it was it very. It's one of those things you never expect to go to as a comedian with your own interests, but like when you're with a group, it's like all right, here we are now. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I I live on the or I grew up on the opposite side of town. My mom owned a restaurant out northeast, so I kind of have been all over the city. And you know, obviously, what kind of restaurant? A lot, uh, Italian food. It's since closed. So oh, that's bummer. Right. Was it good? It was great. It was fun. Family. That I don't know. Unlimited soup and breadsticks. <laughs> no. So, no. Okay. <laughs> When you're here, you're a paisano, something like that. <laughs> um, was your mom involved in any of the like cooking or curating of the menu? Um, uh, so like, what was her what was, what was her position there? My mom owned the restaurant, so she, she it, did okay. everything. But um, okay. it, it has been our family for over sixty years, and wow. my grandfather. We're not Italian, but my grandfather <laughs> came. Uh, started a business with an Italian man. They had a couple locations and they had a falling out and they just decided to each take one, you know? Uh So he ended up just leaving it as is. And I think it was the guy from Italy's recipes and stuff. So, so, so somewhat authentic. Sorrento. Yeah. Sorrento. Okay. That's a, that's, that's, I always Hmm. wonder what it'd be like, um, because there was a there was like a family owned Italian restaurant where I grew up, and I just assumed that the family spent like, like, m- most of their time in and around the restaurant. Was that your experience? Yeah, I started working there when I was eleven, and I That's like cool. did stuff for her online hiring. Like, because my mom's not great with like 
even Craigslist or, you know, Indeed sure. or anything. So I was doing stuff for her until, you know, last year. I would love to have a job interview with an 11-year-old. That would be... <laughs> <laughs> no, when I was 11, I was busting tables and stuff. Okay. But I'm saying even after I left, I was still, like, you know, doing work for her here. Uh, I, I did also picture a child kind of running a restaurant <laughs> <laughs> virtually. So... My mom started when she, managing when she was 13, so you, you kind of have it right. I yeah. think, yeah, I, I mean, a family restaurant, you I mean, get around that's that rife for... Mat- have you ever thought about writing about it? Yeah, I have. I, I have. Do people say that a lot? I'm sorry. <laughs> I have written some scripts and stuff that I don't find, like, put together enough yet. Writing and... three. Huh? <laughs> well, there waiting. Was a, yeah, oh, there yeah, was a, yeah. Movie waiting. <laughs> have you seen I the Slam and Salmon? Uh, you know, I think I have, but it was once and maybe not all of it in a long time ago. It's that was the from, Broken Lizard one. Yeah, it's the Broken Lizard guys, and they're, like, in a restaurant. And I actually think that one's pretty funny as far as, like, service <laughs> industry stuff. Like, there's yeah. one guy that, like, he can't, I think he's, like, he can't drink or he turns into, like, a psychopath. There's definitely that person at every restaurant mm-hmm. where you're, like, don't give, like, so-and-so brown liquor or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they become another person. Yeah. That's um, brilliant. But yeah, I've written some stuff. I, ha- I think I have a few jokes in my stand-up act about it, and like, but like small one-line things, not really like long, long-winded bits. Yeah, I've I, I've always uh, appreciated the the there was like a quick biting wit to your to your stand-up. Oh, that's so kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you described yourself as like an ice queen in a very like loving way at some point and i was like oh that is a nice queen i definitely call myself an ice queen and a bitch on stage all the time and And when other people do it like when other people like it's so funny because people try to say like you know that joke about you know how you're and they'll like try not to say it and i'm like you could just say i'm a bitch and they're like i just don't want to say that (laughs) i'm not gonna do anything yeah it's um no i i think i think owner I've always admired like uh, ownership and like uh, authenticity, even if it's not, if it isn't like a hundred percent who we are. Yeah. Just what ownership of whatever that piece is, is always, um, that always makes me uh, happy to watch. Um, I think too, with a female comedian, it doesn't matter. You could be the nicest person on earth. Like you, you say you're a bitch. No one's going to disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've I've seen that um watching she's, watch- she just taught yeah, like what is the what are some words shrill is a great one. Yeah. Uh yeah. yeah. That's terrible. That's great. Yeah. I've I've seen that you know watching Anna do stand up and watching Anna like walk through the world of stand up. I've you know she'll you know there's definitely you know the great Anna's your girlfriend, of- right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And watching um you know I don't know, and and we and Luke and I, you know, we've been talking about comedy store stuff a lot in the last um, few episodes of the podcast. And there's, you know, just we watch thousands of hours of comedy, so those kinds of things always jump out at me. At least I would say every comedian, male or female, is kind of a bitch. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing that doesn't seem inaccurate to me at all. Yeah, there, there's a certain level of you know. The bitch spectrum, yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, bitchy grit that is necessary to, to just be a comedian in general. Yeah, I think so, too. And I, I bartend, too, so it's the same thing. Like, I'm not going to be the nice bartender. Like, that's just <laughs> not, it's not going to help. You're not going to listen to everyone's <laughs> yeah, problems? No. Well, I also, miss, it's like I I'm not going to be, like, get walked all over, you know? 
That's true. That's 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 a big part of it. Um, you miss the bars. I miss, uh, I miss bars. I miss bartenders. I miss, yeah. I miss I, being I miss being with my friends. Uh, there's some bars that I could probably do without. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I don't like I don't like loud environments. Uh, but I, I wish I could go to a bar and hate it there and then leave early. Like yeah. that sounds great. Yeah. Like big. I miss I miss bartender jo- like just. I, 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 you know, I, I wouldn't talk a lot with the bartender. I would try not to, but I'd always do like after like my third drink or whatever, be like, Hey, can I get the, you know, like the, can I get the Noah's Ark? You know, what is that? I go two of everything, you know, like that's a fun bar. <laughs> that is really fun. <laughs> yeah. It's a fun bar joke. And then, yeah. And then I leave out of embarrassment. I don't stay much longer. <laughs> well, like since yeah. COVID when, when we, I got bar shifts, like working, I work downtown, but obviously right now we're doing takeout and stuff. But when we mm-hmm. were open, it was like, here's your bar shift. And you're like inside. It was so different. Like being inside, just pouring drinks for you're like service well bartending, like in Vegas, just pouring drinks for tickets yeah. and like mm-hmm. kind that's of what they you, do at, like comedy clubs. Yeah. That's you have what, your own music and like you're there. kind of like, oh, this is there is like a craft to this that isn't about service so much. It's very interesting. Yeah. an artistry for sure. Uh yeah, I miss. I will tell you one thing. I miss about being in a bar. I miss being okay. in a bar. I miss being in a bar on a Tuesday night mm. when like no one's in there because it's they're doing an open mic and they're just trying to get people in there. And I miss the quiet before the open mic starts. Oh, I miss watching the that's bartender cool. get so mad. Like that's I would go to like, <laughs> you know, there's one um, where the smog cutter used to be, and yeah. I would go there like just just for the bartender. Like I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna tip this guy twenty bucks tonight and see what happens. And, like, just, just be, like, I'm going to order, like, something really expensive and watch him just think that I'm, not, like, not going to pay for it. Because, like, you know all the people surrounding you are, like, yeah. either tipping zero, one dollar. Like, I, or, I look at people's checks and I see, like, certain, you know, even other female comics where I'm, like, this bitch doesn't tip. you got to get the fuck out of here. And, like, yeah. just, and, like, I'll just sit there. And, like, I'm sure the whole time he's thinking, like, she must not be a comic because she's, like, here tipping me nicely ordering like some dilettante <laughs> yeah you're on a wednesday that would sure, be like yeah. my fun to watch just watch their mind like unravel yeah it's it's fun to sort of like not engineer it but like know that you are intending to make someone's day in a in a in, even in a small way and and then see how and see a little bit of the effects of it you yeah know, totally a, i have a question yeah um, where do you stand on tips versus like the European way of doing things where you don't <laughs> tip, but they just like make a living wage? I don't know. I think, um, I, I think it's hard. It's unique here in California because we do get minimum wage and that's actually not a living wage. So right, right. it's kind of difficult to like contemplate what that would be. I think when we think about something like the unemployment that we were, when we were getting the extra 600, like something like that, I think is definitely reasonable for service industry people. Like, I don't know. I, I, the max out was like what, 10 50 a week for unemployment. And I think I was getting something more like six, six eighty or something, mm, but it's sure. like something like that is like to, to me, totally reasonable. And, and I think especially with COVID and stuff, like I was trying to convince my boss, like just put 15% on every check. Like I don't care at this point. Like the, it's a privilege to be able to dine. So yeah. I think it's, it, 
it might work. I don't know how the restaurant would make money if they're having to pay, you know, 30, 40 bucks an hour for service. Yeah, it's like, you know, the way hmm. the unemployment played out was it kind of looked like a universal basic income for just a short period of time. And I, um, yeah, I mean, there's, I don't know, I have, I feel like much like people in Israel need to do like two years of military service. Like I feel like everyone should do two years of some form of service industry job, whether it's customer service or, uh, you know, bar backing or, uh, or serving. And, you know, give me I, five other examples, uh, bartending <laughs> yep, that's and, one. and, um, uh, maybe even, I would even qualify like working at a car wash, uh, car wash. Good. Uh, I would valeting, valet really uh, hard valet is tough to like drive those cars i don't know man yeah uh um, it's like nerve-wracking yeah i would even qualify most secretary work or even like being a lift or uber driver. administrative like yeah. a, administrative assistant yeah and then lift or uber driver or post person. Uh, okay yeah cool. i think yeah i think those are all like, <laughs> thank you and, you're welcome uh any like I feel, and I feel like, you know, if someone doesn't do it, uh, stolen valor should be called into question. Uh, like, I'm with I mean, this. I think it's yeah. great. I think that people need to know how to act in public. And, like, mm-hmm. for the most part, like, I- I'm not working. I like being in service. It's not like I, I do it. this because I need tips or whatever. But it, it is, like, yeah. fucked up when, you know, you do everything and someone leaves you, like, two bucks on a hundred. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's profoundly. I just, rude. I just don't understand. I mean, I'm a good person. I would never, you know, but I don't understand that. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I don't think it's just like people don't know math. <laughs> I mean, it's happened to me recently too in COVID times when I've gone to pick something up and don't have cash and they don't have like a credit card tip thing. Right. They don't have uh. like they do like a whatever pin pad thing. And yeah. It's like for takeout. I'm like, oh well, I feel like a dick. It's yeah. hap- it happens. People don't have enough on them, whatever. Sure. Have you ever um, gone back to a restaurant because you wanted to leave a tip? And then oh, you... yeah. And I've asked for Venmos, too. And people always get a little weird with that. They're like, mm, yeah, it's like, uh, well. it feels like I'm giving you my PIN number. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do I need the extra seven bucks for this <laughs> yeah. person that maybe having my phone number or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't I don't need to I give mean, you my first point. obviously an ice queen. That, yeah, that is almost always a no. <laughs> but you still look like a good person. Like, right? you, get, you get off with it. Though. Well, there you like go. You, for all you non-tippers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, she's going the distance. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I've also uh, gotten to know uh, you from the, the times that I've listened to uh, your podcast, What's Your Sign? Thank you for and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, About we, the stars. Yeah, and we had uh, we had uh, we had Julia on uh, a little while back. She's a friend of the show, yeah. and um, I was curious about your what got you into astrology. Um, I mean, for the most part, the podcast. Um, but so I, was, you were not into it before. I mean, I was, but I definitely didn't. I it was more of a base level of interest and knowledge, and like I was reading tarot and stuff at that time, so I was mm. definitely interested in that world and. I just feel like I didn't have super a lot of knowledge at that time. So it was like an interest of being like, you're a Scorpio or you're a Gemini, but not really knowing what the whole of astrology is about. Yeah, there's a because there's a surprising amount of information that's associated with it. And when people start, you know, throwing out 
tidbits of information you know i you know i see you and your and uh it's usually and stevie who uh we luke and i don't know quite as well but uh you you go into depth about you know all these the houses and you know i uh anna had me download an astrology app for a little while and we were yeah. to, you know sharing tidbits back and forth about what they would say about did it help uh i think it <laughs> what i think what astrology does for me is it it puts certain things at ease even if it is through like a hindsight bias kind of thing um what does it do for you lisa I think that's a great way of looking at it. I think that um, as long as we're learning how to understand and connect with others, I think it's a great tool. I think that there are some people that use it like, oh, well, that person's just like this. They're Aries and like they're fucking impulsive. And so I'm just like (laughs) not. And it's like, dude, you're annoying. (laughs) Like, I hate those people. You're supposed to say like, oh, that person's impulsive. Why don't I take action in my life to make their life a little bit easier or whatever? Yeah, it kind of gives like a, it can give a basic framework as to who someone could be, right? Totally, and understanding where they're coming from instead of like judging, I guess. I think that it's fun to look at the daily transits and stuff too, like uh, talking about the storming of the Capitol building and stuff. Like, I we, we all, when something like that happens, we are all like on our phone being like, well, what, did, what planet's in what thing? And like, yeah. it's oh. interesting <laughs> to see, you know, when we're seeing the election happen on the day that Mercury stations direct, which is like, you know, you, everyone's heard of Mercury retrograde. Well, when it goes yeah. out of retrograde, so to speak, it doesn't really, that's not the correct terminology. We say it goes direct. Um, oh, okay. But when it so comes Mercury, back. Mercury's bad news. No, Mercury is just communication and messages. It's like the, um, have you seen oh. the Hercules movie? The... Yeah. No, but I, I know the, that Hermes and Hermes, Mercury. Hermes, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the little guy with the wings that's bringing you your mail in, in the mm-hmm. movie. Um, but, like, thinking of the election taking place on a day like that where it's kind of like we think of Mercury retrograde as when you're sitting at a stoplight and the car next to you goes forward and you feel like you're going backwards, even though you're stopped. It's not really about something being in backward motion. It's just perceived that way. So it it kind of takes you out of it. That was a really good analogy. uh, Thanks. It's not mine. I think I stole it from another astrologer, but um, (laughs) good job. (laughs) But it's that kind of jump start of like, Oh, backward forward, you know, and so uh-huh. thinking of the election happening on that and all the kind of mail-in ballots and stuff coming later and, like, this... We're watching the counts go, like, oh, this person's more, now this person's more, and just seeing... And, like, Georgia not even getting decided until this this week. Like, mm-hmm. thinking of something like that, and, and, of course, you know, Mercury, direct day, it's... A lot of astrologers will say, like, that's a day of lost mail and, like, this and that. And it's just so interesting because that is the day that we're choosing to count all this stuff. Of course we're going to see it play out. It's yeah. confirmation bias, but like at the same time, it's fun to look at those things and be like, "Oh wow, I wonder if I could have seen this coming." Yeah, the uh, the app that um, I'll give a I'll give a shout out to the app. Uh, what was it called? It's uh, we don't it's get called paid. Co- Screw them. Co-Star. Yeah, yeah, CoStar. Yeah, they would um, it would it would sort of say things like, um, you know, you might be feeling nervous today about something, or uh, or something is, um, you know. It'll, it'll say, like, you're having trouble in these areas and you're feeling confident in these areas. And it'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. And some of them would be really consistent, like, over weeks and weeks. It's like, yeah, it has been like that. And it's like, Yeah, those slow-moving planets, Saturn, you know, the further out, the slower they move. Those ones take yeah. a long time to get over. 
Uh-huh. Interesting. But the yeah. co-star, I think they do intentionally, you know, kind of tell you, like, today is going to be crazy. Like, you'll get that, like, notification because they want you to open to the app. sensationalized. Yeah, it's a little, it's yeah. a little sensationalized. So if you, if you feel that you are, uh, in, like, not immune to those kind of things... Maybe, maybe turn the notifications off. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I that that social, um, that documentary on Netflix coming up, and then just some of the other stuff I've seen lately, I've, I've definitely been turning off uh, notifications for everything, because uh, there's, you know, not a lot of news that I, I need to get right away, and if I do, uh, you know, someone's probably going to call or text. <laughs> totally. I, like, and if you are into astrology and you have some knowledge, I recommend the Astro Future app, because it gives you a breakdown, but it's also going to tell you, like, this is because Saturn and, and the Sun are in the same spot, or this is because, like, this is square to this, or whatever. Yeah, with some more mm-hmm. context then? It's going to tell you which transit, so you can kind of learn, like, oh, I see, when Jupiter and Saturn come together, it's this, when, you know, uh, that kind of thing. How has um, this astrology knowledge and learning that you've been uh, doing helped you with getting through the pandemic? Uh, well, I mean, just the having something to do, I mean, <laughs> having yeah. a podcast Ooh. and, like, something to study, um, and I think, you know, we had... It's kind of interesting because we had so many events and numbers and things that we could actually look at. Uh, And we had Jupiter-Pluto conjunctions kind of coinciding with waves of of big numbers here in the States um, and elsewhere as well. So that's kind of fun. And also, I think it's really opened me up to, like, we've interviewed a lot of astrologers that we probably never would have met, people in Australia or, you know, just kind of made me feel less... Precious they call about astrologers there. <laughs> yeah, I think just feeling less precious about like, oh, hey, we can meet up digitally and stuff. So that's yeah, great. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. You're definitely gonna. You, we could, we've definitely been able to expand our our wings with the people that we expand our with. wings. Eh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. We've uh, been able to just expand our wings and get guests. <laughs> Yeah, um, the pandemic has been, though, I think overall just bad for everyone, right? Uh, me personally, I'm sick of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know how everyone else feels, but yeah, me, I'm pretty cool. I'm it. over uh, it. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, I think there's definitely been, I can't say there haven't been any positives from the pandemic. I definitely don't miss driving like a madman all over town for oh, like stand up right. and work stuff. It, it has been nice to be able to I do miss traveling but I don't miss like, commuting yeah I don't miss the actual travel part I, I I I miss getting there and being there the journey's more important than the destination <laughs> I've, I've, I've right? never I've never enjoyed that, that phrase <laughs> just look out the window right can you yeah. even believe it yeah do you feel, Lisa do you feel like um, astrology gives you a sense of presence some days yeah for sure i think that um it definitely has allowed me to reflect and also like i think before i had a really hard time ever like i'd always want to be like okay after work i have to go do this and get this open mic and like get a, i have a spot on wednesday and i want to get have three sets before this and i need to whatever before i host the chatterbox and like yeah now I feel like I can take some of those when I see a transit or when I see something and I, I'm allowed to be like, 
oh, hey, like, this is just telling you, like, just rest. Like, you do, you do not need to be going at all times. And so I think that has been really helpful. Also, because I have so much more time to read and research. It's like, oh, I can really dig deep into this and find out which parts are for me. Because there is a bunch of stuff in astrology that I'm like, I don't think it's like... And it's going away from a lot of it, but there's stuff in there where you're, it's all the compatibility stuff that you read is male, female. And it's like, nobody wants that. Like we have so Mm. much, there's so much more than that now. Like, so I think, yeah. That's really interesting. It, it couldn't be applied to anyone with that sign though. You couldn't like one and one or. You, you definitely can. And a lot of astrologers are writing new books and, you know, coming up with new stuff that is more uh adaptable to our current world but for the most part like older studies they're gonna say like this sign is masculine this sign is feminine they want like they're gonna say like those two things are more compatible which is not necessarily true as we know Mm. and also they're going to do compatibility virgo man you know virgo man virgo woman or you know virgo man aries woman it's like there, you're not going to see a lot of compatibility books that are like, this is a Virgo man, Virgo man combo. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, I can see why that would be the more marketable stuff because people are trying to find answers about their relationships. Yeah. I would like to see, yeah, like Sagittarius non-binary and Capricorn man or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and but... I'm sure, you know, there, I'm sure there are astrologers that are digging into this because there's so many like queer and trans and person of color astrologers that are popping up that are awesome you know yeah did you see the walter mercado documentary i loved that documentary yeah it was awesome i i I love that too and i even as someone who is not hey clue me in i don't know what you're talking about so i'm the listeners (laughs) so walter mercado is this um you know, famous astrologer who showed up on, you know, Spanish speaking television for the most part, but he was, mm-hmm. you know, oh, was this on what, what platform was this on? I think it was on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw the trailer for this. He had the crazy suits. Yeah. Yes. It was called, uh, I think it was yeah. called Mucho Mucho Amor. Uh, Cause that was kind of his sign off. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he, he was just this. And as a, I mean, I think he in today's terms would qualify as kind of like a non-binary man yeah uh in a lot of ways you know he kind of was a bit of a gender bending uh fella and you know you keep saying fella and man yeah i know it's well i I think he did like identify as gay so i you know like it's hard you don't want to assign uh something to someone but yeah yeah, he had a a lot of qualities that went beyond what he what he was born with and and he you know, he was just kind of beloved in the Latino community. And uh, I I didn't grow up with him, you know, but I do remember, uh, you know, just once the documentary came out, there was so many, there's so much outpouring of uh, appreciation for this guy. And I was, um, I was curious if you had seen him or researched him before um, the documentary came out as you got into astrology. I, um... I hadn't really, but one of my friends had, um, this is like the weirdest thing, but it was actually a few weeks before he died that one of my friends found another friend on Tinder and like screenshotted me their page or whatever. And I, we were kind of making fun of him. And one of the things that it said was that he was like, 
my greatest influence is Walter Mercado. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I kind of looked into it and then I, I mentioned it to him and he was like, well, you know, it's like hipster bait to say that. And I'm oh, like, oh, that's so funny. But then, yeah, then I think he passed away and then um, the documentary that is came super out. hipster bait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Inaccessible. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I did learn cool. about a couple people after they died that I was pissed off about. Like, I learned about John Prine after he died because everyone had was posting about him. Yeah. I was like, and then I checked him out. I was like, oh, I could have been listening to this the whole time. No one told me until he died. Like, that kind of sucks. No. Did you see the Bee Gees documentary? No. No, not yet. It's on, I think, HBO Max. HBO, I think, yeah. It's good, like, well, I didn't really remember how much of their music. There's so many songs that you're like, I know this. Yeah. It's crazy. And also, I, Walter Mercado does define himself as being androgynous. So Got it. There we I go. I think you were dead on. I don't think he said that he was gay. That's something I made up, so sorry about that. No, it's no, it's all right. It's um, yeah, the yeah, the documentary kind of highlighted this. You know, there was a lot of like stuff that he was super open about, and you know, just the performative side, and then there was sort of like the the side he kept private. And um, yeah, I just did you grow up with um, sort of mystical thinking in your f- family? Yeah, my mom's pretty cool. She's a Pisces. <laughs> she like threw me a thirteenth birthday party where it was like all natal charts and um, tarot and all that kind of stuff, and I really hated it. I was like, mm. um, I she had told it, it was a surprise party, and she had told me I could plan my own birthday party, and I wow. wanted to do this capture the flag thing, and I was really like excited. <laughs> And then, you know, it ended up being a surprise party, and I was pretty bummed about that. But looking back, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, mm. for sure. I Surprise parties, I'm, I'm in, the, in the negative column on that one. I don't like, I'm not a fan. What's your sign? Stop. <laughs> I'm a stop sign. No means no. <laughs> like, hey, chill out. Like, That's don't. funny. I'm a, I am a, uh, ca- I'm a Capricorn. Yeah. I think I knew that. Is it coming up or did I miss it? Yeah, it it's just passed. I'm well, on happy the birthday. cusp, as people say. Hey, thank you. Yeah. I think you did wish me a happy <laughs> oh, birthday. Oh, I probably did. I'm, I'm that was even, nice of you. I like birthdays, obviously. Um, yeah, sure. But I yeah, like I think earth signs are probably not the best for a surprise party. Though I think, you know, everyone, if you look at the sign, I think you can definitely pick your own way that each one likes it. You know what I mean? Like a tourist, yeah. me, I'm like... You know, if it was a surprise party where I came home and my boyfriend was like, put on this dress, we're going to this place, and it was like a big fancy thing, I would love that. Sure. But if it was like, uh, where you're like getting little hints along the way, I would love that. But if it was, like, and it, for you, I bet, Luke, if it was like, surprise, here's $20,000, like some kind of thing where money was falling on you, I feel like a Capricorn would love I don't think anyone would hate that. <laughs> um, free money? You're saying at the party? I, yeah. I, I want plans. I like, you like, I like to yeah, know. Capricorn. I like to know where I'm going. I like to know if anyone there is like a danger or a threat to me. So I can, I like to know the exits. Mm-hmm. Well, go. And I bet you go in order too. Does it bother you when things are out of order? No. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But I'm a cool, chill dude You're that cool. gets it. You yeah. know what I mean? Totally. I'm nice now. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you if you hung at our house while we were living together, order was not a big thing for either of us. 
Uh, I like doing things correctly. That's what I mean. Like in order, not, not like clean or whatever, Uh, but like, you know, you're not going to read the second chapter of a book. Some people read that last page before they buy it. You do? Oh yeah. I wouldn't have pegged that for my Capricorn. Well, I like to know what's going to happen. Or like, I like to like, like I I see the last sentence and I read like the last sentence. Wow. I can't help it. Interesting. It's there already. They've already printed it. It's already happened. (laughs) Why can't I know? Yeah. Stuart, what's your sign? Uh, Pisces. Mm. Mine's uh, mine's coming up in a couple months. Yeah, that's Pisces exciting. nuts. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. That's a good, good one. team. That is the funniest one I've heard. Okay, so we have aus- astrology. Yeah, we've got ostentatious and Pisces and nuts. Pisces nuts, man. It's been a banner episode for your boy. Yeah, yeah, real real big day. Uh, you, yeah, oh, um, sorry, yeah. I, I get. I, I sometimes get. Uh, don't enjoy being like told what I am from hearing about like when when I like share a sign. I yeah. think that's the main my main gripe with astrology when someone's like oh i see and it's like what, what come on what do you <laughs> what do you see and it's like it's hard and then i get sort of baited into it i love um, pisces i my mom's a pisces and my brother's a pisces and oh, my cool. son is in the 12th house so you could say i'm a little bit of a pisces too ah, i okay. would say that you would, I would definitely <laughs> yeah. yeah i would say you're a little bit of a pisces for sure yeah i think pisces can really uh disassociate in really good and really bad ways like you could meditate or you could you know uh blackout drinking or what you know there's like two sides sure. of it but i also I think Stuart think... zones out on his own stuff like sometimes is unaware oh yeah it, totally it, yeah, it's no, fun I... yeah it's fun to not always be in your head and then i think too like one of the things that i've been working through with my 12th house stuff is like it's this idea of undoing yourself which can sound really like uh a lot or whatever but it's no it's just figuring out how you work that's like you know mm. Seeing how my brain works and seeing, oh, do I work better if I've had a workout in the morning or whatever. Do you have 12 houses? Everyone has 12 yeah. houses? Yeah. Wow. And you have and a so sign for have every house. Yeah. Yeah. So if you hate something about another person, you really can't be like, I hate Gemini's because that's in you too. Uh, okay. Well, you can't so. hate some something that it doesn't happen in you you know what I mean? <laughs> you can yeah. Yeah. self-recognition we exactly. only hate the mirror of course that's what, yeah that's exactly what it that's is that's it yeah yeah stop sign was that a funny joke when i said that <laughs> yeah that was okay. i think that one's pretty uh i've seen that one before so okay. yeah yeah. I, I think I've tweeted it to be honest. <laughs> Maybe no, that's right. where i saw yeah. it <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it's all coming back around uh, <laughs> do uh, do you feel like Lisa, you've gotten some sort of, um, I hesitate to put like a, like a 12 step term into it, but like serenity out of knowing more about this stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm in 12 step, so I, it doesn't okay. bother me at all. Um, astrology is kind of a 12 step program. It's a 12 house program. Yeah. And like, there there's go. a, there is like a website that does correlate each sign with like the 12 steps, which is interesting oh. though. I don't know if it is that valuable or for either side <laughs> or for both. Um, might be a stretch. Yeah. And like, I do think that, you know, yeah, I think there's some serenity that comes with it. I don't know about, you know, um, uh, spiritual awakening or anything. I don't know if I've reached astrology step 12 or anything, but, um, there's definitely right. some stuff that's come to me that I've thought like, it's, it's given me a lot of, um, 
self-confidence and like able to say like this is okay and you can not go to that thing that everyone else is doing and that doesn't mean everyone hates you You so it's a form of self-care and yeah knowing yourself yeah well that's yeah that's useful and like you know allowing myself to be who i am which i think every every comedian has struggled with that you know you gotta find your voice (laughs) well I, I mean, I you're. I, th- I feel like we're all around the same age, and you know, we've all been doing stand up for as long as we have. And it's you know when we, I think when we start, at least I felt this way when I started so young, and unaware of you know not not only what was to come, but just like what I was as a person. You know, having to uh, formulate that while being a public person has been uh, definitely difficult. Yeah, it is, and it will never end. I think that's the part of <laughs> astrology that keeps me gives me a lot of comfort. Is you know, there's always another fucking Mercury retrograde this year. You know, there's yeah. always like two or three or four or whatever. How often does it come around? I think it's three or four times a year. It's eight, yeah. It, Mercury has an eighty-eight day cycle. I think I don't know. It's okay. actually today that, is the shadow period, so I think um, that in two weeks it'll probably be back retrograde again or something. Yeah, that makes sense. If it, you know, it's going around the sun about four times as often as we do. So yeah. okay. And then you know those. Stuart bigger... did the math in his head. He wants everyone to know that he no, looked no, up was... and kind of moved his lips a little bit, and he counted. <laughs> Good job, Stuart. The the um, the bigger planets like Jupiter and stuff, they all go retrograde half the year too. It's like okay, every, we don't need to be freaking out. All this stuff has happened before, and mm-hmm. sometimes when we get questions from listeners that are like with this it's going to be conjunct my midheaven and i'm scared i'm going to lose my job and it's like yeah but you know that stuff has been crossing over that since you were born so like yeah every time something crosses us something tragic doesn't happen yeah uh and if yeah, you're afraid but... you're going to lose your job maybe it's because you're not doing well at your job that's something you need to think about not yeah, like yeah. Yeah. yelling about astrology instead right. of focusing <laughs> at work yeah yeah quipping quipping so sus at your job um yeah i mean it's all and also i think a lot of astrology stuff seems to talk about like what's a good fit yeah what's a good fit with us what's a good fit with others in relation to us and you know i think if something's in the natural you know course of events then maybe that's okay just might feel a little uncomfortable yeah i think so too and i think also you know There are certain things in my chart where I'm like, oh, yeah, I am. When I get angry, I am really like this. It's about learning that, not so that you know it, but so that you don't, you don't do that. You don't lash out if someone makes you mad or like, I have a bad road rage is what I'm thinking of. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. This is, um, I mean, that I'm I'm glad that you've been able to share that with us because this is, um, something that Luke and I only thinking know about it about. as self-care has, it's really like, I, I, you know, I kind of poo-poo it and whatever, and that's. I don't care if anyone's doing, you know, I'm not mad, but thinking of it as self-care has really made it come around a little bit in my head. Yeah. And it's all, it's fun too. You can make fun of people and it's like a shorthand to make fun of people. Yeah, totally. We love that. Yeah, definitely. Which I'm all for. (laughs) I mean, that's right up my alley. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, Lisa, this has been lovely and thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. And, um, uh, let's let the people know about um, the podcast and where they can find it and where they can and find where more they can about find you. Yeah, Thank your you stuff too. so much for having me. You can find What's Your Sign podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Um, 
You can find me on the internet at A-S-I-L-N-O-U-X. Sorry about that. I was an early adopter. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll also post it on the, uh, on the episode page uh, on, when we post it uh, mm-hmm. so people can... Um, Tag you and everything. Yeah. yeah. And um, this has been lovely, Lisa. And I'm glad you're well. I'm glad we got to see you. And um, hopefully you. the next time we see you is in person. Yeah. Thanks, what the fuckers. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye, everybody.